listening to the Double Spaced Podcast with your hosts, Tina and Sean. Welcome back, everyone, to this third episode of the Double Spaced Podcast. I am your host, Sean, and I'm joined once again by Tina. How are you doing, Tina? I'm wonderful. Wonderful. Wow. It gets better every time, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually not wonderful. I still have a cold, so. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm trying to put a positive spin on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been uh, it's been you know crazy times, I guess. Uh, you know, we record this about every two weeks, and uh, mm-hmm. and I you know I, I enjoy that. I think it gives us enough time to have a lot you know a lot of stuff that we do in between. Uh, so, so what have you been up to? What kind of sci-fi stuff have you been consuming these two weeks? Hmm. I just finished uh, Andre Norton's Daybreak 2250 AD, which is from like the 50s. And it's a oh. post-apocalyptic book about this this kid who basically just takes off into the into the wasteland to explore around. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. Oh, cool. That's like that was always my dream as a kid, you know, just like go explore. Exactly. Oh, it's, so it's like yeah. what I do in Fallout. I just walk around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, God. Um, that is about it because I was quite sick last week. I pretty much went to bed oh. like every night at like seven o'clock. <laughs> oh, Kids okay. went to bed. I went to bed basically because it was just like, it was terrible cold. So yeah. didn't get to, uh, didn't get to consume too much stuff. How about you? <laughs> I-, I mentioned the, the Star Wars book last time mm-hmm. and I'm still reading it. I'm about three quarters of the way through it. It's, you know, it's been a busy week, but, uh, I, I have to say, like, I, you know, when I'm reading it, I think about things I want to talk about with it. And then I forget, of course. But uh, I really, really enjoyed this. And I know that it's funny because this is this book is literally as old as I am. <laughs> and and I'm discovering all this stuff for the first time, uh, you know, reading the novelization for the first time. But uh, I just love all the little details that weren't in the movie or weren't in, uh, you know, any other kind of thing. It's, it's like there's background plot to a lot of the things that were used in like the prequels and and other you know canon stuff mm-hmm. that's actually you know canon for the story um, and I, I just love it I, f- I find like you know how like they added Jabba the Hutt back Lucas mm-hmm. added Jabba the Hutt and uh, so Jabba the Hutt is in the in the novel and he you know he was supposed to be in the original um, script and of course they filmed Harrison Ford doing that scene mm-hmm. that they didn't include in the original movie when it first came out and then they they kind of hokily added him yeah. walking over the tail oh, that's so, <laughs> so bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, so they have uh, so much money and they're like nope we're gonna do a crap yeah. CGI <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I'm really enjoying it I'm really. I, I feel like I should be using better words than really, but it's, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, it's a great, great novelization. I'm really looking forward to like, you know, Empire and Return of the Jedi reading those. Um, but that's where I'm at on that. Um, also, Obi-Wan. I think we forgot to talk about Obi-Wan last time. Did oh, you finish it? I did finish it, yeah. That, I, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but I think that the last episode was so great. They I love it. Much, yeah. yeah, they pretty much could have made like uh, that into a movie. Like, oh, you yeah. know, a couple parts from the other episodes and then just make that last episode a movie. I think it was really, really good. Yeah, it's kind of like how The Stranger Things. Um, that's what I was watching last weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot because we pretty much watched it so quickly, but how like they're like two and a half hours long. 
Like they could have yeah. done that with, with Obi-Wan as well. But the whole series just makes so much sense why Leia would name her son Ben. <laughs> it yeah. explains that. Because you're like, why? She didn't know him. And it's like, no, she did. Quite yeah. <laughs> and I always assumed that they hung out a bit after. Like, you know, he would visit once in a while. I don't think they're their relationship kind of ended there i don't think yeah at least that's my I, opinion i think that that's actually a really good point because now that i'm rereading the original you know the first book mm -hmm. and i'm noticing some things where he talks a little like in the in the movie when uh luke he kind of acts like he doesn't know who obi-wan is he says you know oh i've heard farmers talk about him as you know it's old wizard yeah the old <laughs> wizard and but then he does, I, you know, now that I'm reading the book, he does say that he re, he kind of remembers him as this guy who would come trade, you know, at Anchorhead, the village, yeah. and, and he would he would kind of come in. So it, I, I think it, it opens up a little bit more because in Obi-Wan, he, he sees him, he meets him um, <laughs> as at, when Luke is a kid. And um, yeah, I think that's, it's a good, I'm, I'm, it's kind of funny I'm reading this at the same time as watching that Obi-Wan. And, and, yeah, that and would be really seeing. fun. And I wonder how much they took from those books, from the expanded universe, I guess they call it, to apply to the show. Oh, well, that, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I mean is it's, it seems like they went through line by line and they're really making sure that they get everything right. And that's what I love about that. I yeah. love that. I mean, they are, wow, they're really sticking to, and especially like John Favreau was very good at that mm -hmm. with Mandalorian and stuff like that. And, oh, yeah. I love all the Star Wars stuff. Like if yeah, someone me asked too. me to like, what's your favorite kind of big series? I'd say Star Wars for sure. Like thinking about Star Trek and Marvel stuff, all that stuff. I'm like, no, Star Wars for me is just like the one yeah. I, I would say is my favorite. I think for me, it, it'd be a toss up between Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Oh, right. I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm a giant Lord of the Rings nerd. But uh, yeah, I, oh man. I mean, I grew up, I actually, I grew up with Star Wars before Lord of the Rings. So I have a deeper history with Star Wars, I guess you could say. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I love it. And, and some of the phrasing is hilarious in the book. Uh, I'm see if I can remember. So you know how when Han Solo says that the uh, Millennium Falcon can make the the Kessel Run in twelve yeah. parsecs, and in the book he says twelve standard like time parts or something. I think he <laughs> says, and it's just funny because you're like that wouldn't have had the same impact. If in the no. movie he said time parts, <laughs> time standard parts. time parts. Yeah. So I, I love the little changes like that that were made. I think they were, I mean, of course I grew up with the changes, but I, I like it. It's really cool. Yeah. It's all Alan Dean Foster too, right? Because he ghost wrote yeah. it, which is awesome. And he's funny. Like he, uh, his older stuff isn't as funny, but his newer stuff has more kind of like jokes in it. And I emailed him one time actually. Oh, really? Alan Dean Foster. I was like, can you read my book? <laughs> <laughs> like an idiot and he actually emailed me back and he was so sweet he was like no i can't i'm like that's okay can i mail you a copy anyway just knowing that you have a copy would like make my entire life he's like yeah, yeah. sure whatever and i was like oh my god wow. <laughs> i like called my husband at work and he's like is this an emergency i'm like kind of is <laughs> he was like oh my god please just hang up <laughs> that's hilarious yeah kind of yeah i could totally see that just knowing that he has it like in his possession that's yeah, he probably would just like recycle it, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> For a moment, he had it in his For possession. For a moment, he held it in his hand. <laughs> or his assistant, maybe. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Maybe someone will find it in his house one day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so oh. Obi-Wan was great. Um, now, I guess, you know, gaming is a huge part of my life. I don't know if we, re we, we haven't really talked about it here, but 
I feel like the story part of gaming is overlooked a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are some amazing, amazing stories in games out there. And one of them I'm playing the last couple of weeks is a game called Raft. Have you heard of this? No. It's Now, when I first saw it, you know, I thought it was you, you basically build your raft as you're sailing down, you know, you're sailing, sailing in open water and you pick up pieces of wood and plastic and things like that that are floating around and then you build your raft, right? You start with this little oh, four by four. Okay, I think you did tell me about this. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. And, <laughs> and so you, you start off with this little tiny, you know, four square, uh, actually it's two by two, I think it is, or maybe it's four by four, but little little raft. <laughs> and then you can build from that. You can build more... Uh, floating foundation pieces and you can build just about anything you can think of um, on this raft so I thought that was the whole game and I thought well that's cool you know and I I played it for a couple hours well then I found out (laughs) that it has a storyline and you you find these things and I'm not going to spoil anything but you find these hints that on these islands that you land on like I thought the islands were just for materials but they actually had hints on these islands and uh, and you start building things that lead you through the story and it's amazing oh, that's it's an cool. amazing story yes it's all right about and step. it's actually it, and i also i thought it was just a like a modern day survival game mm-hmm. like where you're just trapped out in the ocean but it's very post-apocalyptic it's very sci-fi um it the world has ended and that's basically what the pieces are that are floating around it's like remnants of of the oh, world you know cool so it's like yeah, water it's, world yeah it is it, and uh it's really really good i i think if you like uh, if you appreciate you know good narratives mm-hmm. in a in a game environment this is definitely a, game, uh, a cool game see what, what got me though too is i would watch it on twitch and you know occasionally i stream for our uh we work at post-apocalyptic media and and i started streaming raft and i noticed on twitch they'd get like twenty thousand people watching raft streams you wow know. and other games don't get you know they get a couple hundred now they're twenty thousand people i'm like what is the draw of this people <laughs> watching someone collect junk out of the ocean you know people what? do watch minecraft videos that's true yeah <laughs> my brother tried to get me to watch them once and i was like please stop i'd rather just play it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's nothing that's the only thing worse than it's like watching golf i just i don't know yeah oh but <laughs> but um so yeah, I, I I had to know, you know, what is it about this game that makes so many people want to watch it? Well, that that's it. It's a story. It's a it's a bunch of puzzles. It's solving, you know, um, uh, you know, it's it's very puzzle, very puzzle like. Are the puzzles very these... hard? <laughs> well, they're not too hard, but there are like jumping puzzle areas where you have to jump between. Oh, that's you know, fine. Yeah, and then well, and then there's also figuring out puzzles. There are a couple puzzles that I had to look up. I was gonna say I have to look them up. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm so I, lazy. I'm like, oh, it's a puzzle. I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> I feel like I'm cheating. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I don't have time to spend four hours trying to figure out this puzzle. I'm just gonna look it up. Yeah, <laughs> I'll and, try once usually. Then I'm like, mm, I yeah, up. exactly. <laughs> There, I mean, there were a few that I looked up and I said, there is no way I would have figured that out by myself. Oh. It's crazy. Um, but, you know, that aside, it's it's a really, really good game. And uh, I think if, if people enjoy that kind of stuff, uh, definitely check it out. Oh, also, <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything, but uh, that's my favorite thing to do is talk about stuff that has nothing to do with anything. Um, I gave up sugar three days ago completely. Oh. And this is something that I, I've been meaning to do for a long time, you know, and uh, 
it i feel like i'm i feel like i'm in drug rehab i'm just like oh, <laughs> like sugar man. like um sugar granules or like sugar every kind of sugar like from fruits and well vegetables and stuff too, there's but... this like procedure where you you start off you start out giving up every single like even fructose from from mm-hmm. fruit you give up fruit you give up uh carbs all that stuff for for two weeks and then after that you can go back to natural sugars um and then just stay off of you know factory sugar basically is that kind of like keto yeah yeah basically okay. it, it and that's i've done keto before and i lost so much weight i lost like 40 pounds and uh and so i said you know i'm I'm going to do it for my health, not so much to lose weight, but, you know, for my health. And um, it's, oh, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Like, I didn't realize I was addicted to sugar until you get off of it for a couple of days. I don't know. know if I could do it. <laughs> I don't oh, know. My sister did keto when she was, she was a cheerleader for um, uh-huh. like a college level, I guess you could call it here in Canada. And so she would do keto when they had, like when they were in season, because it was a great mm. way to like, just be super fit. <laughs> yeah but i was watching her eat like just the burger no bun yeah, salad yeah. with nothing on it and i'm just like i'd rather have a beer belly <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the way i was after a couple months on keto i was like you know what <laughs> this isn't worth it <laughs> it's like is my life for have meaning <laughs> yeah but I, I apparently i'm going to get to the point where i can go back to, to regular carbs and of course mm. like natural carbs just get away from uh High fructose corn syrup and stuff like that. Yeah, you know. the process. Oh yeah, you guys, yeah. you Americans love your high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> oh yeah, I hate it, but yeah, it's I, <laughs> it's in everything over there. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's like no avoiding it. I like the other day I went out and um, you know avoiding avoiding sugar 100 percent, and we were out and we had to eat, and I'm like, I don't know if I can eat somewhere because I don't know if there's sugar. In yeah, this stuff. exactly. <laughs> I mean, they they you know dip fries in in sugar, and it's like <laughs> I don't know, it's weird. Anyway. Back to sci-fi, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I have an article here I wanted to talk about. Uh, it's from Writer's Digest. This is actually seven years old now, so it's not entirely new. Uh, it's called 10 Tips for Writing. And I love this byline here. It says, a story is meant to be read from front to back, but not necessarily created that way. Uh, this is by Chuck Sambuccino. I think how you say his name. It's 10, 10 tips. And you know... I've looked these up before. I've read these a lot, and there are a lot of them that are similar, mm-hmm. a lot of them that overlap. And this list, though, I think brings out some great points that I think a lot of people don't talk about. So that's why I wanted to talk about this. Again, to remind our listeners, I am not a published author. Tina is a very famous published author. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the perspective yeah, yeah. we're getting here. Sure. Uh, <laughs> okay, so first one he has. Uh, don't write linearly. I think this is really important. This is something I didn't understand. Um, even though I don't have a published book, I have written a lot. And I think this is something that, like I said, I didn't understand it at first. And I didn't really, you know, I would sit down when I was a kid and try to write just front to back. And he's basically pointing out, don't do that. Don't start at the beginning and write straight to the end. Although there are some people that can do that. That's, you know, that's an important point, too. Um, He says, if you have an idea for writing the sixth chapter first, start there. The epilogue can even be the first thing you put down on paper and then you work your way back. And it's just, you know, scenes, I think, is the big thing. You write scenes and you kind of glue them together and and figure out how they work together. You can always move them around, things like that. So Mm -hmm. what do you think about this? 
I entirely disagree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From my okay. perspective. So I do write linearly. That's the only way I can write. If I write the scene that I want to write first, I won't write anything else. I'll only write oh. that scene. I'll lose momentum. So this is just my brain. I think my brain just like works on my, I'm very organized. So I think for how I write, I have to like see it through from start to end. So this mm -hmm. totally though, I think would work for most people. I just think I have a weird brain where I like have to write it from start to finish. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Very odd. <laughs> Do you outline first? It's funny because I didn't when I wrote What Branches Grow, that one mm -hmm. was entirely, I had an end scene in my head, but I wouldn't allow myself to write it till I got to the end because that was like my reward was I got to write this end scene. Um, it's the scene at the tower. You, you've read it, so you know what yeah, scene yeah. that is. So, uh, but I plotted out my, my trilogy as like very, very much plotted that out. But the other, I wrote two other books before that and those weren't plotted at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm very strange, I think. I, I think I'm an anomaly here. So I don't say that it's a bad thing. I think this is good advice, especially if you mm -hmm. want to like get into writing and you want to like have inspiration. I think you need yeah. to write what you want. You don't have to fill in the boring stuff ahead of time because I think that would cause some people to lose momentum would be to like slog through the stuff yeah. that you're not as interested in because, you know, not every part of the book is going to be your favorite part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's just general good advice. Anyway, mm -hmm. write the way... You you feel best yeah. writing, you know, how it works because for you try different ways. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't want to get caught up in, you know, if you read, uh, you know, I don't know, some kind of book about how you're supposed to write an outline or how you're supposed to plot out your story. And then you're, you're going through that book step by step and saying, okay, well next I have to do this. And then you just aren't into it. Don't do it. You know, try yeah. something else. <laughs> so I think, you know, that applies to pretty much anything. That's true. So, uh, okay, the second point is have two or more projects on the go. Uh, I have a feeling you disagree with this too. Hmm. No. Do you? No? Okay. <laughs> I always have projects on the go. I have multiple projects. It's just sometimes I'm not actively writing them, but they're always like in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine not having multiple things going on. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I, yeah. I'm sure. Do you read multiple books at, at the same time? Um. Not usually. I usually have an audiobook going at the same time as mm. I'm reading a book, but usually I, te I tend to read kind of sequentially, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, sometimes. I like, uh, I was reading Proust for a while. I took a break because he was annoying me <laughs> in book five. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was reading that like 100 pages a day or 50 pages a day or something while I was reading other books as well mm -hmm. because there's only so much that you can take in one go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I... I uh... I kind of do that too. I'll read a, I, I like having a, a physical paperback book in my hand and then I'll read a Kindle book and I'll have an audio book. I usually have those three going at the same time. And then of course, reading to the kids at night. Oh yeah. I guess that counts too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't really get them mixed up. I, I like to, re I, I guess I try to stay away from them being too similar also. I, I think that helps. But um, I don't know. I just find that it's like you said, you get bored of one or maybe you're, I'll be reading one and thinking about the other and I'll be like, okay, I got to put this down and read the other one. Um, and then audiobooks are, that's a whole different thing. That's like, yeah, you know, that's when you're traveling. I, or, yeah. 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 Doing so. the chores, walking the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I never just like sit and listen to an audiobook. Well, I've done it before where I've listened to an audiobook and like played a video game at the same time mm. because my husband was watching a movie that I was interested in or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> I I find, I don't know, I, audiobooks... I don't listen to them that often because I find myself getting lost. 
like when I'm driving, not like physically lost, but like when I'm driving <laughs> and I'm listening to an audiobook, I'm thinking of other things. I'm concentrating on the road. And then I'll, 10 minutes later, I'll be like, I have no idea what's going on in this story. And I'll have to rewind it. And I'll do that a lot just with audiobooks, though. It's weird. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I find that I can listen pretty well, but I do find that I'm not as immersed um, yeah. as when I'm reading with my eyes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unless I'm walking the dog see. in the woods, then I'm pretty pretty focused on the audiobook <laughs> and what i do too is i'll associate things like i renovated our kitchen last year and i listened to these two audiobooks and every time i see parts of my kitchen i'll be like i'll remember parts of that audiobook it's like i have memories like that too like i used to walk when my baby when my kids were like babies i would read a book uh, this is before I had Audible, and I would um, like have the book kind of propped up on the stroller, and I would read the book as I walked around the neighborhood. And so every time I drive down one street, it reminds me of this one book <laughs> because yeah. I don't know. I guess it was a very important scene in the book, and so it's always in my memory. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it, it's interesting how mm -hmm. how we're like that. But um, yeah, I mean, that's the, basically this point is I have two or more projects on the go. Uh, you know, if you have one story you're working on, maybe this part will work better for this other story you're working on. I, I totally agree with that. I think mm -hmm. that that's a, uh, it's a, it's a healthy way of getting things out and, and maybe organizing them a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, number three, be your own editor. Now this one, I personally, you know, I can, I like this one because I, I'm an editor. I've been an editor first before a writer, you know, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy that. Um, I actually really enjoy editing. It's like this weird, you know, walking oh, down the street it. and you see a sign <laughs> with an apostrophe S and you're like, that doesn't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It makes, so, yep. <laughs> uh, so I can see this and I actually fall into that trap where they say, don't edit while you write. I do that all the time. Oh, I, I do can't too. stop. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't I find it. that I help get, it gets me into like the groove. I'll like go back to like a few pages and I'll read, but I'll end up doing some editing as I'm reading. Yeah. 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 But so, I think, yeah, I mean, you have to approach your, your, your own writing as if you weren't the one who wrote it. Like pretend that yeah. you're someone else and really just try to tear it apart. I do that yeah. with mine. Like, does this really make sense? You know? <laughs> and then I send it to my actual editor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I, I enjoy the, the, the editing part and I feel like, um, I feel like it's necessary. And I think that's also, he, he points it out in here, you know, you want to deal with the mistakes before you send them to your editor. I, that's the way I feel like I don't, I would be embarrassed if I sent just a first draft and oh, said God. here, yeah, and you, you just send it and you're like, here, this is this is my work. They would be like, are you kidding me? I do <laughs> so. some editing on Fiverr and uh, I got this one one client. They sent it in. I do a sample edit first and I, I got it and I was just like, no, I emailed them back. I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean, but you need to do some serious self-editing before submitting this because you're just going to end up having to rewrite it. It's just going to waste your money. I yeah. said, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, you need to read through it a few more times yourself because <laughs> it's yeah. just not i'm like i'd have to change everything because it was just it was really rough too it was like probably one of the one of the worst ones i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> I, there's some fabulous ones i've edited though on on fiverr <laughs> yeah i think people are using fiverr fiverr used to be kind of you know like oh you got to be kidding me it's so cheap mm -hmm. to do you know like people were making logos for five dollars it's like what uh but now it's like a legitimate place to find freelancers yeah, and I'm like on Fiverr Pro, so you have to like apply for that and prove that I guess you have their credentials. You can't just be like, I know how to edit, you know, because you're like, <laughs> I don't know, at high school or something. Um, so like, yeah, I had to prove that you actually had like, 
the cred to do it. So uh, yeah, I'm on Fiverr Pro, which is good because I get then I get people that are willing to pay the the prices that they should be paying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not like, can you edit this for $60? I'm like, no, <laughs> your whole book? What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right, number four, ask for and take lots of punishment. This is important in anything creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to art school. We had a, an entire class on taking criticism. <laughs> and I think it's important. You know, it's just a life lesson in general. But, uh, you know, you have to learn... That when someone tells you, it's exactly like you just said, when someone tells you, here's my advice, I'm trying to be nice, but like, this is really good advice, uh, start over or, or something, you know, you have to, you have to take that with a grain of salt that it's not really personal. Mm-hmm. It's just something to help you grow. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like my, when I was in my um, graduate certificate, so I had a mentor that she helped me with what branches grow. I think I've told you this like many times, but uh, basically she was like so harsh with me. And at first I was just like, ouch. But then I was like, you know what? No, this is, this is good. This is helpful. And I sent her one chapter and I was like, I think this chapter really sucks. And she sent me back. She's like, yeah, this chapter sucks. And I'm like, okay, what should I do? And she's like, honestly, rewrite the whole thing and turn it into a different trajectory. And I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> but yeah. it was, it was helpful. Like she wasn't mean about it. Like, I mean, I was used to getting, um, edits as well. Cause I've had other pieces that I've written edited before. I think a lot of new writers, when they get their, an edit back, they get really shocked by the amount of red and the amount of comments and stuff where yeah. that's just like par for the course. <laughs> yeah. And I think the other side of that too is important to kind of, uh, be aware of like, Mm-hmm. When we give our our creations to someone we love, you know, like my wife looks at it, I have to understand that she's uh, probably not going to be as critical as someone who doesn't have to live with me, right? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, so she'll she'll read it over and she'll be like, "It's I like it. It's very good." And I'm like, "Wait, what? That's it?" <laughs> you know, yeah. The, what was your favorite the part? Because they're just like, yeah. "I love it." You're like, "Okay, <laughs> that doesn't help me at all." Yeah, uh, I have a good friend who actually is is not afraid at all to tell me uh, he'll look my stuff over and he'll put notes in it in word you know and he'll he'll do the uh, suggested edits and he'll he'll go down the line and just it's and i appreciate that so much more than if somewhere someone were to just look at it and say yeah it's really good mm-hmm. because it almost feels like they didn't read it you know yeah so. exactly it's like oh, i can't think of a good metaphor <laughs> but it's almost like it, not only learn how to take punishment but learn how to uh, appreciate it you know appreciate Mm -hmm. the the i mean punishment is kind of a harsh word but you know the criticism uh and number five disconnect this is oh man (laughs) what's funny i okay so this is basically talking about get off of stuff like twitter and facebook instagram all that stuff and just kind of get away from it and don't worry about it well i have a problem with this i'll go on twitter and i have a I have a really good kind of group of writer friends on Twitter and I'll, I'll go on there and I'll read them talking about their progress and, and what they're doing and how they're, you know, how they're getting along with their mm-hmm. book. And, I, and I'm like, well, that's good. That's good inspiration right there. But I need to get off Twitter and do this <laughs> stuff. You know? So, yeah. I think that's I think the thing good. we all need to do all the time, no matter what we're yeah. doing, is just to get off our phones. Yeah, we're in a, in a really unique time you know Mm -hmm. our generation is really unique where we um i don't know i don't know what it is it's like at least for my generation i know you're a little younger than me but uh 
as opposed to like my daughter, I have a, a 19 year old daughter who mm-hmm. she's she goes on Instagram or TikTok or things like that, but she kind of knows her limits. Like she gets bored of it. Whereas me, I'm like, wow, I'm interacting with all these people and it'll suck me in a lot more, I think. And it kind of gives me hope that maybe younger generations will kind of rebel against this, you know, and maybe they'll go outside more. I don't know. This is, <laughs> this is me being hopeful. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My kids are younger, like they're four and two and they all, they know how to use their tablets and stuff, but they have them like only for a certain amount of time. And like, mainly it's like if we're going to a restaurant and I don't want my two year old screaming and throwing things yeah. I'm like, fine, you can watch your dinosaur videos. Oh my God. <laughs> but, um, like we try to balance, like we're like, okay, no TV after dinner that kind of thing and because yeah. they go to bed pretty soon after dinner but i'm like okay you can watch tv while i'm making dinner because that allows me to make the dinner uh and then after dinner you have to play or whatever yeah. so we're trying to like balance it because i don't want to be one of those parents that says oh you can't have any technology because that's not i don't find that's realistic like parents can do whatever they want but uh, you know kids need to know how to use tablets they get them in school now yeah, yeah. like they assign chromebooks to the kids we had um like during covid we had lockdown or whatever so the kids had to do online learning and if you didn't have a chromebook like your household they would the school provided you with one like a loaner mm. <laughs> so you could log into google classroom and pay attention yeah. to school hey, that was the worst though trying to get a four-year-old to like do online. <laughs> <laughs> you're like look at the screen no, and, your sister's know. coming over and poking her with things and the dog's coming in. I'm just like, oh, my God, <laughs> I give yeah. up. I did it like one hour a day. I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> You're four. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have time. Yeah. Um, one thing he points out in this is he says now the other, you know, there is a a, a factor here of needing social media to for promotion, building a brand, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you don't really have to be... 100% against technology, but at the same time, you know, just don't let it consume you and especially consume all your time. It's so easy to do. So oh, yeah. easy. It's a balance. Yeah. All right. Number six, uh, learn what good writing is. <laughs> I feel like you have I, something to say on this I, one. I remember talking about this in university about, you know, art. I'm not sure if this is exactly what he's talking about here, but it kind of seems like he is. And I, it's funny because I kind of agree and I kind of don't like it's so complex. Like I have an English degree and, you know, I love literature. I love literary fiction. You know, I'm like in awe of Donna Tartt who spends like 10 years writing a book, you know, but I don't know if I would say that her stuff is better than like some generic contemporary fiction that's meant to be enjoyed and discarded. Like they have different goals. Um, It's hard too, because I don't think we want to put the qualifiers on writing because that leads to like elitism and mm. often stuff that's considered like highbrow or art is determined in a system that's rooted in sexism and racism and things like mm. that, especially if you look at like the past of the ha- past history of literature. So oh, yeah. I think it's a, I think nowadays it, it's so hard. Like it's so funny though, cause I say this, but then I'm like, if it was an apocalypse, what books would I save? I'd save Faulkner. I'd save Proust. I'd save... <laughs> literary classics i guess because i think they have some kind of an intrinsic value and i don't know how to how to explain that in a way that even to myself and i've been wrestling with this actually for years (laughs) it's the dilemma of my life (laughs) what do you think about it i'd love to hear someone else's perspective (laughs) well i i agree with you i i do think that there's you know once you start saying what's good and what isn't good I, i think a lot of it is is it's very subjective but also it's kind of 
rooted in just traditionalism. You know, mm. I, I think if you look at some books are not that good, but they're super popular. That's true. You know? Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, even like George R. R. Martin, he's just a he's a very full writer. You know, he he mm-hmm. he writes a lot of stuff that's all packed in there. And nowadays, I mean, he's still writing, but, you know, nowadays it seems like if people if that would have just come out, if the first book would have just come out now, people might ignore it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's there's a lot of things that go into what is perceived as good writing. Um, I think there are this is this is kind of my main point from this is there are things to take away from everything that's called good writing uh from Mm -hmm. classics look at the the things that you like about those look at modern day stuff what are the things you like about those um you know 80s and 90s sci-fi 70s sci-fi uh look at that and see kind of what you know it it was goofy 70s sci-fi was goofy but we love love it it. yeah (laughs) we love it and so that's you know you look at that and you say I mean, how did Star Trek get so big when, you know, it's basically the same thing over and over again? <laughs> it's because, uh, I don't know, it just grabs someone and you have to find out what that thing was that grabbed someone about that particular thing. And that's the good, quote unquote, you know, of, of the mm-hmm. writing. So That makes sense. Like Stephen King, like, yeah. you know, his, he's great with dialogue and descriptions yeah. and stuff. And but sometimes, though, he just can't end a book. It just I call I used to call it Stephen King ending. I'm like, yeah, he just trails off or like he just kind of wraps it up and you're just like, okay, it's the journey, not the destination. But it's so like, yeah. And he would, you know, if I ever met him, it would be like, you know, I would faint. But (laughs) because he was a huge inspiration of mine in terms of writing, like his dialogue is so snappy and so realistic. So I always strive to kind of include that kind of realism in my dialogue. And I got that from reading copious amounts of Stephen King as a teenager. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I, now I never met him, but I went to his house before. Now that sounds way cooler <laughs> than it actually it. is. <laughs> Literally, yeah. So my wife and I, when we got married, we uh, took a trip through the Northeast US and we just went random. You know, we just rented a car and we just drove. And, and that is so funny because my husband and I did that for our honeymoon. We did a East Coast drive. <laughs> oh, really? That's funny. <laughs> That's so weird. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah, we went up to Maine and when we're in Maine, we said, you know what? Let's find Stephen King's house. We looked it up on our phones, and this is in mm-hmm. 2011. So, you know, it, phones weren't as, yeah. as <laughs> I guess, snappy as they are now. And so we, we looked it up, and we found it. We went there, and it was—I don't remember what day it was. It was like a Tuesday. It was definitely a weekday. We're there at like one o'clock in the afternoon, and and we're like, "Wow, that's his house right there." We took pictures, and there are three or four other cars out there that just pulled up snap photos and drove away and we're like this must happen all day every day that this would be crazy. so weird you know to be him and have that yeah. happen <laughs> i guess it's like all celebrities but it's it, I don't know, it feels different when it's like a writer yeah i uh, i toured faulkner's house in uh mississippi i think yeah <laughs> yeah that was really cool obviously he wasn't there because he's been dead for quite a while yeah. but it was neat to kind of see his writing desk and stuff it'd be so oh, cool yeah. to see kind of stephen king's setup whether he's got like a cave he works in or if he's in like a fancy office <laughs> it, it's I'm funny sure. you say cave because yeah. his fence around his house is actually it's custom made and it's all bats like there's <laughs> on the top of yeah on the top of all the uh, wrought iron fences these iron bats that are everywhere it's pretty cool that's so cool all right let's go on to number seven is have your own workspace i completely agree with this and i like <laughs> he he makes some good points here he says it's trendy 
to take your laptop to coffee shops or bars and write in public. Um, I could not do that. I have to have a space and I don't, you know, we, I have a pretty small house. Um, so having a space uninterrupted is a pretty big deal. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, mm -hmm. but I've tried everything. I've tried like writing on my laptop. I've tried writing on my iPad in like different corners of the house, but I have to be sitting in front of my desktop. I don't know what it is. I have to be at my desktop and I just seem to work better like that. I don't know, but we all have our own. You know? Yeah, I'm like different. I, I can write at my desk perfectly fine, but I'm more of like, I'm more of the traveler around. Like I'll lie on the couch with my laptop or I, I mm. have gone to like coffee shops just because I needed like a change of scenery. Yeah. But uh, with the, like that was before I had kids. Now that I have kids, it's like office doors are closed. That's where I'm working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it's good to have a, if you don't have like your own space, like with no one else living with you, um, <laughs> then I think yeah, it is important to have a workspace. Yeah, that's private. People yeah. can't bug you. Yeah, and that, that actually goes hand in hand with a couple of these other ones here. Uh, number eight is dedicate to the craft, which is, you know, essentially saying don't put it off and say, well, you know, I'll do it when I have time. Um, he says here, serious writing is not something you merely do if or when you can find the time. It's not just for Sunday afternoons or the occasional evening. Make the time and make lots of it. Uh, I struggle with this one the most. Uh, I cannot. I cannot. Sounds do like this guy doesn't have kids. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's, it's like, dude, by the time my kids are in bed, it's like eight o'clock. I got like an hour, maybe. And sometimes I have to do things around the house. Yeah. Yeah. I can't write every day. Like people, I see this on Twitter all the time. People like write every day. I'm like, that's comes from a very limited kind of viewpoint. If I was like, yeah. yeah, single and on my own, I could write every day, but I just don't have that flexibility. Um, yeah, I think you should yeah. try to write every day, but <laughs> like, don't make excuses if you have the time, but I think saying that you're not a good writer if you don't write every day is not fair. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. And and speaking from another person with kids, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I think also, I, I don't think people really understand what like what's involved. And it's not really the taking care of kids. Like when kids are younger, it is the taking care of the kids, making mm -hmm. sure they're fed and all that stuff. My kids, my youngest are now uh, nine and 10. And it's, it's not a matter of them of taking care of them. It's a matter of, of them telling you about dinosaurs and planets and you know it's why being you're there for them yeah 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 and and you can't just be like go away you know so <laughs> so it's 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 being involved because this is an important time you know it, mm -hmm. being involved in in what they're telling you and being interested that's a whole different subject but you know what i mean it's <laughs> like you can't just you can't say uh you know my writing my book is more important than you know my the development of my children so exactly so yeah. it's just a really really important i feel like it's a really important thing that i have set aside uh writing out of the way so that i can be there for my kids and so i i don't know i think that it's exactly like you said i 100 percent agree it's it's almost uh insulting to say mm -hmm. that you know if you're not writing every day then you're not a real writer well yeah, like I wrote a lot while my, my youngest was a baby because she was a baby and she would just lie on me and I would write. Yeah. But since she's been like the last year or so, since I finished the trilogy, I haven't really written too much. I've written short stories here and there, but I haven't like started a book project because I'm like, I want to have the time. But I mm. feel like at the time right now, I would need to take away time from the kids and I don't want to do that. So yeah. I try to write here and there and I think it's still serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, number nine is very similar time management. Um, it says when it comes to the hours or days you've reserved for writing, make sure you stick to your guns. Consider it sacred. Well, 
That's mm. easy for him to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kids come in, um, I cut my hand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's time management is, it, it, you know, it's up yeah. in the air. I think it's one of those things where maybe, like you said, after the kids go to bed, you, you can sit down and write. But things always happen. You know, that's for me, when the kids go to bed, that's time for, you know, me and my wife to watch TV or, you know, actually see each other for the first time <laughs> yeah. know, that day. <laughs> We have so. a schedule where, like, we do Mondays and Wednesdays. We have, uh, have like, projects. So my husband works on the car or the garage or whatever he does outside. And I usually do writing stuff where I work on my book reviews and stuff. And then, yeah, Tuesday or Thursday, we we hang out together. Or we, I also have sports I do sometimes. And then on the weekends, yeah, Friday, Saturday night, I don't do any writing. That's movie time. <laughs> yeah. Or video game yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, and that's important. Like, that's mm. that's important that I don't think he mentions here is, like, you know, time for yourself is mm-hmm. you can't <laughs> spend your, all your time writing yeah <laughs> and then the last one number 10 is remember the three p's he says i'll admit there's still a hell of a lot more to say on the topic of writing tips but what it all comes down to in the end are three things i believe writers need to remember above all else patience perseverance and maintaining your sense of purpose that's the three p's um what do you think about this one I think that I mean, makes sense because, yeah, you have to be patient because it takes a long time to write a book sometimes and you do yeah. have to persevere and a purpose could be, you know, writing a book that's funny or writing a book that's, you know, literary or writing a book that's uh, really exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's just sticking to your guns on, on that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this is just a general life advice <laughs> right here. You know what I mean? Exactly. You need these these attributes anyway. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I, I like this. I like this article. I thought it was good. I think that a couple of the things are we see in every list, like the time management and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, but um, I like the especially admitting that you have to disconnect from social media is a big one because I think people don't do that enough. Um, mm-hmm. And then having two or more projects on the go, I like that one. Um, you know, to kind of let I, I I see it like kind of like a hose. This is going to be a weird metaphor, but so. <laughs> You, when you have a hose on, you know, I mean, you could, sp- you, you split the hose mm-hmm. and you can do more with that. And, and I just feel like if you, if you restrain, if you have a smaller hose, okay, now this is going. I'm like, why you totally split the hose? Direction. Does all the water just go everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> That's a horrible. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, the last time I split a hose, the water went everywhere. <laughs> I was like. Yeah, that's a horrible uh, analogy there. So. Do you mean like a train? <laughs> like you'd split the yes, train. It's the t- the <laughs> train analogy. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like it's like if you can get it all out, if you're restricted by just trying to keep your thoughts and your your creativity onto one thing, it doesn't work as well. I think personally, as if you tried to split it up and and get everything out. And not yeah. everyone's like that, but for me at least, you know, I have many ideas and I just get them all out. Even if you just like point form note them and come back later, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I do that all the time. I have tons of notes in my phone. That's just like, this would be a cool story idea. Sometimes I come back to it. Sometimes it just stays in my phone forever. <laughs> yeah. But at least you have it. Like, I, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there have been so many times when you've looked at a note and said, I don't remember writing this, but oh, I'm yeah. glad and I did. I, I've taken so many lines from like fan fiction, like practice writing that I've done in the, and put them into like my actual books because I was like, I really like the flow of this. <laughs> Like, I could yeah. use this and something I want people to actually read. <laughs> yeah. All right. We have a few contests I wanted to mention. Um, this is, again, on Readsy. I, I just feel like they have the best 
like they're up to date with these contests, you know, the best. And so I, I, I always go to Reedsy. So they have a specific section for writing contests. And then within that specific section, they also have a section for sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And that's what I look at. So they have like a lot of these are ending in September now. I think when we talked about it before, there were a lot of more ending in June, late mm-hmm. June. Uh, there's a Henshaw short story competition and September 30th that is um, has top prize of $237. Writers of the Future does this, I think, four times a year. I think they have a, a quarterly contest. And theirs is, to me, I think it's one of the best because not only their top prize is $1,000 mm-hmm. and it's free. It's a free contest, but also they uh, the books, they make books out of them. They make actual books and you can find these. I, I have a, a local paperback exchange store that... Uh, has a ton of these because they're just everywhere. So you'll, I feel like there's more exposure, the prize is better, and it's free. So I may have submitted of one at the last moment. <laughs> oh, did you? <laughs> After for the we last talked one? about it. Yeah, I had a, I had a short story I wrote um, a while ago, and I went through and I kind of re-edited it and looked at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. I could send this in. We'll see. And so <laughs> it was free. So Nice. Yeah, nice, yeah. So, they, yeah. And they do this <laughs> quarterly. So the mm-hmm. next one, the deadline is September 30th. Nice. So Got some time. Gives a lot of time. Yeah. Um, there's a fiction factory flash fiction contest <laughs> that, uh, has a 200 pound, uh, top prize. That's November 30th science <laughs> quest, next gen science literary writing competition. That's a mouthful. Wow. Uh, from zoom catchers that August 15th on that one, hmm. uh, $200 top prize. Yeah. A lot of these other ones, I'll, I'll put the list up, but a lot of these end in August, September, there's one that ends at the end of July. And most of them uh, for, are short stories. Yeah, m- definitely. Most yeah. of them are short stories. And I imagine a lot of that is because the judges don't want to read full novels, like, you know, a thousand full novels. <laughs> yeah, there is so. the, the BP, B-I-B-A or whatever it is, B-I-B-A, I don't know if that's how people say it, but like that one's a book one. Um, is that, but it's 65 uh, bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Best Indie Book Award, yeah. Um. That in the deadline for that is October first, so that's mm-hmm. plenty of time. Yeah, it says top prize is a trophy. I don't know yeah, I don't is. think you get any money. I think you just get like the 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 honor. <laughs> yeah, which you know, oh, I yeah. could go. I think they have a big social media presence, though. Oh, okay. Um, like they have a big Twitter and stuff like that, and Instagram. Cool. Yeah, that looks like there's probably about ten, fifteen of these contests just going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I will link that in the show notes uh, so you can check that out. And I will probably, I'm, I'm going to do like you did. I think I'm probably going to enter some of these <laughs> now that I'm reading them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I think that's it for this episode. Thank you for, for uh, doing this with me. This has been a lot of fun and uh, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.